Welcome to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast, a weekly program that looks back at historic content from our archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by today's edition. In this episode, we listen into a 2023 hearing of the Colorado Legislature on the Convention of States Action Resolution. In addition to local supporters, Convention of States co-founder and president Mark Meckler gives expert testimony. This hearing was held on March 23rd of 2023. Senator Pelton R. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you, committee. Uh, We're here today to present Senate Joint Memorial 2304. Uh, it's a call for an Article 5 Convention of States. Um, article, in Article 5 of the Constitution, it spells out different ways in which the Constitution can be amended. And the two ways in which amendments may be proposed is con- Congress may propose them, or the states can call a convention for proposing amendments upon an application of two-thirds of the state legislators. That's 34 states. Uh, Regardless of which way amendments are proposed, they must always be ratified by three-fourths of the states. Uh, The amendments can be proposed, uh, must be germane to the resolution, limited by the language of the resolution itself, passed by the state legislatures as a subject matter of the convention. Only the proposed amendments that pass by a simple majority uh, shall be put forth for the ratification. There are mere suggestions until ratified. Uh, Why call for a convention of states? Simple, to bring power back to the states and the people where it belongs. Um, Some of us believe that the federal government is uh, a little bit out of control with the spending. Uh, Some of the agencies have taken on way more power uh, by bureaucrats instead of elected officials. Uh, so that's one reason, a couple of reasons we're bringing this. So far, there are 19 states that have signed on uh, to call for a convention of states. So uh, with that, I thank you for your consideration. Senator Pelton B. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you, members of the committee. Some of the amendments that could be proposed with the Convention of States uh, is a ballot budget amendment, including limitations on taxes and spending. Uh, sounds familiar in our own state of Colorado that we already do here. Another thing is, too, is a single subject amendment, one subject per bill in Congress. Same thing. Another thing that we could do is bring term limits uh, to the federal government, and that's also a good thing. Same thing we have here in the state of Colorado. So with that, I ask for, I ask, uh, for an I vote, and, and this is a good bill and, or a good uh, memorial that we could all stand behind, and I uh, appreciate your time today. Members, any questions for our sponsors? Senator List. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and to one of the sponsors, uh, thanks for bringing this uh, memorial um, how many states now uh, have ratified the Convention of States, do you know? Senator Pelton R. My understanding is 19 states have signed on to it so far. Any additional questions? Senator Liston. And so what's, what's the numerical threshold? Uh, it's two-thirds. Uh, Senator Pelton R. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Yes, it takes two-thirds to, to uh, trigger the Convention of States, which would be 34, so... We need 34 and we have 19. It would take another 15. Senator Liston. And is the process uh, in numerous other states right now that you're aware of? Uh, How many other states might it be working in? Senator Pelton Yeah, there's um, 
there's 49 states filing the, uh, the COS resolution in their state legislature. 31 states have passed the COS resolution through their uh, at least one committee hearing. Uh, 25 states have passed the COS resolution through the entire floor chamber vote. And 19 states has passed the resolution in its entirely. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's still a work in progress, but that's, that's, that's what we have so far for the information. Senator Liston. And one last question. Uh, is, there a, is there a time limit? I mean, uh, are we working, are you working against time to a certain degree? Senator Peltonar. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, thank you for the question. As far as I know, no, there's no time limit until the threshold's met. And in the meantime, some of the states that have voted to be a part of it could, you know, vote to not be a part of it. So it's kind of an ongoing process until that threshold is met. Senator Gonzalez. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, thank you uh, both for bringing forward this resolution for our, I'm sorry, this memorial for our consideration. I am curious, uh, digging into the language uh, of the resolution a bit, um, you know, we had an opportunity to chat a little earlier this uh, uh, today about um, the federal debt. And I'm curious if this were to um, be enacted, where you all would advocate to cut our federal debt and federal spending. Senator Peltonar. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and, and thank you, Senator. Uh, you're right, you did kind of quiz us a little bit in committee earlier. Um, so I'm one that thinks, uh, like I stated earlier, a lot of these uh, Departments are kind of out of control, out of bounds on what their original intent was. Uh, they're they're uh, not elected officials that are running them. Uh, I'm one that, that thinks that education should be put back down at the state levels, not have a federal Department of Education. Uh, I am another one that subscribes that the EPA is taking on way more uh, authority than what they should have. Uh, we all want clean air, clean water, uh, but I think uh, some of the actions by the EPA uh, could be trimmed back some. Uh, there could be savings there. Uh, if we go back to the original Constitution, uh, we bring a lot of all of those powers back to the states. So, Senator Gonzalez. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Chair, um, Senator Pelton B, I'd love to hear your thoughts on where you'd like to cut the federal budget. Senator Pelton B. Uh, thank you, and thank you, Madam, or thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you, Senator Gonzalez. I um, I, I completely agree with um, Senator Pelton um, with everything he stated, and and I also think there could be places that we trim back um, in areas like. Um, you know, I, I love defending the country as a veteran, but there is some places sometimes that we might be overspent in some of those areas as well. And uh, the, But I also think that, you know, there should be some reforms to um, Social Security and also welfare. I think there could be reforms in those areas as well. But those are, those, those, those are the areas that I always look at when I'm looking at the budget because those are the biggest chunks of the budget when you look at the, the graphs, so. Senator Peltonar. And just to kind of piggyback on that a little bit more, uh, there's several departments, agriculture department is one, 
you know, all these programs and stuff have the best intentions, sometimes in implementation and things. Uh, more money gets spent than, than really is necessary. Um, you know, if we could get this Convention of States with some of these amendments like the single subject, like term limits, like, you know, balanced budget, that gets us close to our state model, which seems to be working in this state. So I think, you know, some of this could be replicated at the federal level to really help, uh, in my opinion, move our country forward in a Sen responsible way. Senator Gonzalez. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. I, I'm glad you agree that the model uh, of governance here in Colorado um, is one that should be replicated across the country. You mentioned term limits, and I do see that here on lines, oh, what is it, 18 through 20, um, limit the term, 19 through 20, limit the terms of office for its officials and members of Congress. Um, what are your thoughts in regards to term limits? Senator Pelton B. I think term limits are a good thing. Um, uh, I've always believed in them. In fact, in my own county, um, when I was a county commissioner, I tried to put term limits on the sheriff and the county clerk and the assessor and everybody else. Um, I could not get it past my board. Um, I believe that, you know, when you spend a, an infinite amount of time in government, you, you tend to forget on where you come from. And I think that it's a good thing that you have term limits to serve your time and then uh, move on and let somebody else serve. Senator Pelton R. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And so my viewpoint, I was a county commissioner with no term limits. Um, I know counties that have no term limits. Some have term limits. Uh, the ones that I tend to like the most are 12-year term limits, which like here, you know, well, a county commissioner, that'd be three terms. Because in any position, this position included, there's kind of a learning curve. You know, it takes you close to a year to really get your feet under you and know what to do, get the lay of the land. And, uh, you know, that gives you a little more time uh, to gain that knowledge and, and really be effective. So uh, I'm in favor of term limits, but I like 12 year as a, as a benchmark. Any other questions? Thank you very much for the conversation. Senator Liston. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, you mentioned some, it's mentioned in here uh, about the national debt. Um, do you know approximately now what our national debt is and also uh, the interest cost of servicing the national debt? Do you have any idea what that is? Senator Poltonar. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I don't know exactly. I know it's over 30 trillion now. Uh, and the interest and the debt service, I, I have not a clue, but it's, it's astronomical. It's, it's numbers I can't even fathom. Any additional questions? I don't, th thank you, Mr. Chair. I, I don't uh, uh, have the exact number, but uh, you're right. The, the uh, national debt is over 30 trillion, and, and most people, including myself, you can't really fathom what, what trillion is, much less 30. And uh, last year, uh, until interest rates started going up, uh, and for several years we had, we had very low interest rates, but now that interest rates uh, have shot up here over the last uh, uh, several months, 
I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's in the um, uh, uh, tens, tens if not hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, so just servicing the national debt is extremely expensive, whatever the figure is. Any additional questions? Senator Gonzalez. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. And Senator Liston uh, is correct. It's uh, $30.93 trillion total debt. Um, thanks to fiscaldata.treasury.gov. Um, some of the major spending categories include income security, unemployment compensation, federal employee retirement and disability, food and nutrition assistance, um, and spending for that program uh, area increased during the COVID-19 pandemic due to CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan Act. Another category is Social Security, which includes retirement, disability insurance, and supplemental security income payments. The third category being health, um, including healthcare services, health research and training, consumer and occupational health and safety, except for Medicare, which has its own category. Uh, fourth category being national defense. Um, and the fifth being Medicare. Um, supporting uh, programs, providing health insurance for people uh, aged 65 or older and certain younger folks with disabilities. So for this com committee's information and awareness. Seeing no further questions, we'll begin witness testimony phase. I have 12 people signed up total to testify. Any particular order that you all care for? Okay. We'll go ahead and call up. Uh, yep. Senator Peltonar. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I I'm sorry for that. Uh, if we could have opposition be and then finish up with support. Please. Okay, great. That's perfect. Uh, we'll go ahead and call up Mr. Jeff uh, Withers online. Okay. Anybody else online or in the audience who would like to testify in opposition? In opposition. Okay. Seeing none, we have uh, Mr. Jeff Withers. Mr. Withers, thank you for joining us. Before you get started, I just want to set some ground rules for the committee. So we allow two minutes of witness testimony per individual. Uh, on the desk here where the witnesses testify, but also online, you should see, or if not here, um, uh, an audible beep. There are three lights uh, here on this desk, one's green, one's yellow, one's red. Green means go, yellow means please wrap up, red means please stop, and we'll allow you to maybe make a couple of final comments to close. Um, and we want to make sure we have a chance to hear from everyone uh, that would like to testify, not only on this, but also on the next bill. That being said, we'll begin with Mr. Withers. Thank you so much for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. Uh, you'll have two minutes. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and members. My name is Jeff Withers. I represent the League of Women Voters Colorado. The League is concerned that there are many unresolved questions about uh, the powers and processes of an Article 5 con constitutional convention. As you probably know, constitutional scholars debate just how an Article 5 convention should actually proceed, especially whether or not the subjects they address can be limited uh, SJM 4 calls for three very general subjects to be addressed, but there is no guarantee that there would be. The only way to try and limit the matters that can be addressed, as far as we're concerned, is to try at least try to attempt to do so in the petition. The League believes that such a convention should be called only if the following conditions are in place, or something like them, <laughs> not to be presumptuous. <clears throat> The convention must be transparent and not conducted in secret. The public has a right to know what's being debated and voted on. 
Another one is the convention must be limited to a discrete, well-defined topic. It's important to guard against a runaway convention, uh, so-called, which considers multiple issues or topics that were not initiated by all of the states. Only state resolutions on a single topic, we believe, should be counted when determining if a convention should be called. Counting state requests by topic ensures that there's sufficient interest in a particular subject to call a convention and enhances citizen interest and participation in the process. And then lastly, the validity of state calls for an Article 5 convention must be determined by the most recent action of the state. If a state has enacted a rescission of its call, then that rescission must be respected by Congress. Uh, so thank you very much for allowing us to address this today. Thank you for your testimony. Members, any questions from Mr. Withers? Seeing none, Mr. Withers, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your testimony. And we will now go into folks who are in support of the bill. I'd like to call up a panel of four. Looks like there's some folks who are remote or, and or in person. Do we have a Laura Niemeister? Okay. Do we have a Mark Meckler? All right. Do we have a John Grabowski? Okay. And do we have a Carla Pendleton? Okay. We'll go ahead and begin uh, with Ms. Niemeister. Thank you for joining us. Uh, please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You'll have two minutes. Thank you, Honorable Mr. Chair and distinguished members of the committee. My name is Laura Niemeister, Colorado State Director for Convention of States Action. I'm here today because I'm extremely concerned with the direction our federal government is leading this nation. First, I want to make the point that this is not a constitutional convention that we are asking for. It is not a constitutional convention. Also, there will not be a runaway convention because the only power the convention has is to suggest amendments to send back to you, the state legislators, to ratify. Please do not allow the fear of something that cannot happen to stop you from doing what is right and what is your duty to stop, away the, stop the runaway Congress that is happening. The Founding Fathers knew we would need to amend the Constitution, and we have 27 times. In 1919, the states wanted, to help, wanted the help of the federal government to control alcohol, so the 18th Amendment was ratified. Then they changed their mind and repealed it with the 21st Amendment. The system works, but D.C. will never amend the Constitution to give back their usurped power. They have improperly interpreted the Constitution with no consequences. We must put boundaries back on the federal government. Everything proposed in the Convention of States resolution is already implemented in Colorado. You are not asking anything more of D.C. than what you yourselves are doing. All I ask is that you vote for this resolution and bring it to the Senate floor where we can discuss and debate it in full. You five senators alone represent 7,160 constituents in your district that want this resolution passed with over 51,000 constituents statewide. Please be open-hearted enough to discuss this farther. I ask you to vote for the resolution. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your testimony. Next up, Mr. Meckler, thank you for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You'll have two minutes. Mr. Chairman, honorable members of the committee, my name is Mark Meckler. I represent Convention of States Action. We are the national group moving forward with this resolution in all 50 states. 
I wanted to address first, I, I do appreciate the statements about Colorado's current state of governance, and I would agree with that. The vast majority of the things considered in this Convention of States resolution are already in place in the great state of Colorado. Today, uh, there is roughly uh, one, 40, I'm sorry, 31 trillion in debt owed by the federal government, uh, 31.6 trillion, $246,000 per taxpayer, $94,000 per person. That means every child born today in the state of Colorado will owe $94,000 upon their birth. You as members of the Colorado legislature have a chance to weigh in and to stop the madness. Stop the madness in DC and return the power to Colorado. I think it's interesting that Colorado itself is what's considered a donor state. You are the seventh largest donor state, or sorry, sixth largest donor state out of seven donor states in the United States of America. That means you pay in roughly $1.374 billion as of 2019 that you do not receive back in federal benefits. I think this would be a good place to start cutting. Let's leave that money in Colorado and not send it to the federal government. Uh, I realize that some people consider this to be a partisan issue. My position is our goal is to return power to the people and the states and to take it away from what has become an unrepresentative government in Washington, D.C. Regardless of Republican or Democrat control of any legislature, we trust the people of a given state more than we trust the representatives in Washington, D.C., and we ask that you vote favorably on SJM 2304. Thank you for your testimony. Next up, Ms. Pendleton. Thank you for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin. You'll have two minutes. My name is Carla Pendleton. I'm a resident of Silverton, Colorado, and the grassroots coordinator for Colorado Convention of States Action. Many who oppose this resolution are concerned about the possibility of a runaway convention. One question which often arises is, could a convention manipulate a change to the sovereign one state, one vote rule to a rule based on population size? According to constitutional scholar, Professor Rob Nadelson, the short answer is no, and here's why. From 1677 to 2017, in at least 42 recorded convention of states and colonies, there is no historical precedent for such a change. The one state, one vote system is based on a core principle of interstate conventions, the sovereign equality of each state. Fantastic claims that a convention might possibly discard this core principle disregards both democratic, demographic, and historical realities. To change the one state, one vote rule requires a majority vote of states present at convention. There is no way a majority of states would recognize such a deviation from state sovereignty, and here's why not. In 2023, average state population is 6.76 million. Only 17 states have a population greater than average. 33 states, including Colorado, have less. At least nine rural states would have to vote to reduce their own power. Some of the larger, more conservative states like Florida and Texas most likely would vote against a rule to abandon state sovereignty, meaning even more rural states would have to vote to reduce their power. Such a vote would likely cause a recall of the state delegation. I hope that Professor Nadelson's analysis helps expose the futility of the runaway convention myth. It is a straw man fallacy meant to distract state legislators from the very real power they have 
to control the federal government and return it to its constitutionally authorized box. Thank you. Thank you very much for your testimony. I understand that we called up Mr. Grabowski. I don't know if he's available yet. He's having some, some trouble uh, hopping on here, so if he does come back on later, we'll have him. Uh, we'll just go ahead and ask questions to this panel. Members, any questions to this panel? Senator Baisley. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I have a question for Mr. Meckler. Mr. Meckler, if you're still on, there you are. Um, so my understanding is that most of the states who've signed on through the application are right-leaning or uh, Republican uh, dominant. Why would a state like Colorado, why would uh, yeah, a more Democrat-controlled state like Colorado be interested? Mr. Meckler. Yeah, I think that, thank you, Mr. Chairman uh, and Senator. I think that's a, an important question. I think it's imperative for the states to regain control. When I travel around the country, I've been everywhere from California to New York to Kansas and Texas. The number one complaint that I hear in state legislatures, regardless of the partisan makeup of the legislature, is that they could do a better job if they could get the federal government out of their way. They could do a better job running their own schools, building their own highways, regulating their own environment. I hear it from legislators on both sides of the aisle, and I think it, it's just common sense. When you're talking about people regulating you from thousands of miles away, or the people regulating you or people who live in your communities there in Colorado, it makes more sense that Coloradans would understand how to run Colorado better than the federal government. So I really do believe that this is a nonpartisan issue. Senator Baisley. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, thank you, Mr. Meckler. One, one last question. Is there any, any appeal that you would recommend to directly to citizens of Colorado? Why, why would citizens of Colorado benefit for, from our participation or from, from the convention if it were to happen? Mr. Meckler. Senator, Mr. Chairman, yeah, I, I would say that the most important thing is the return of Colorado's sovereignty to Coloradans. I gave a specific example early on in my testimony that Colorado is a donor state. And what that means is that the federal government collects $1.374 billion more, that's as of 2019, from Colorado than Coloradans get back from the federal government. There's absolutely no reason that a smaller state like Colorado should be contributing money to bigger, wealthier states around the country. It's, it's unfair, it's unfortunate, and Coloradans can rectify this situation by requiring things like Colorado not be a donor state. Thank you, Mr. Meckler. I just, I, before we have more questions, I did see that Mr. Grabowski was able to join us. If that's all right, I'd love to open it up for him to be able to share, and then we can continue to ask the panel questions. Uh, Mr. Grabowski, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You'll have two minutes. Okay. Good. Uh, you can hear me, correct? We can hear you. Okay, good. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and members of the committee. My name is John Grabowski, and I like to say I'm from the people, and I'm here to help you. I'm a constituent of Senate District 4 and House District 39 in Larkspur, Colorado, and I stand very proudly with my Senator Mark Baisley and my House Rep Brandy Bradley. I'm also an active supporter of Convention of States, having served for two years as the legislative liaison to the Colorado State Legislature. Um, Laura already stole my uh, thunder on the 7,161 COS petition signers residing in your, the committee members' five districts. So we are here to speak for them and not just for ourselves. I urge you to vote for the Article 5 convention. Washington is broken. It's an unaccountable, tyrannical Congress that has engaged in insane spending and ignored any sense of fiscal responsibility. 
Consequently, as has been noted, federal de uh, debt is out of control. And lifetime members of Congress act out of their own self-interest instead of the people whom they represent. Unelected bureaucrats have stripped states of their rightful sovereign decision-making authority and have imposed regulations that crush free enterprise. Our freedoms have been diluted greatly. Congress will never reform itself or yield its power. The convention is the only way to make the needed reforms to rescue our republic. We are tired of big government. We the people need to call the Article 5 convention to put the tyrannical runaway federal government back into its constitutionally controlled box. We need term limits for Congress and the federal judiciary. We need to impose fiscal restraints on spending and we need to reduce the size and power of the federal government. Please do the right and responsible thing for our great republic and vote for this re resolution. I consider it our moral imperative. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Grabowski. Senator Liston. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I was going to ask a question of Mr. Uh, Meckler, if he's still there. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, um, I can't remember my civics uh, class. Uh, it's been a few years since I was in civics. Uh, it, you know, this is one uh, route is is to take this through the uh, legislature. Uh, is there another route? Out of curiosity, could the could there be a statewide referendum uh, as well, uh, or are there other? Is there some other route that I'm not aware of, Mr. Meckler? Uh, thank you, Senator. Mr. Chairman, Article 5 prescribes two routes for uh, proposing amendments to the Constitution and ratifying those amendments. One is when two-thirds of both houses of Congress propose an amendment, and that goes out to the states for ratification by three-quarters of the states. And the other specified methodology is specifically when the legislatures of the states desire it, two-thirds of states can call for a convention of states. So it is not available by statewide referendum or initiative. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your answer. Appreciate it. Seeing no further questions, Mr. Meckler uh, and all of you, thank you for joining us. Particularly, Mr. Meckler, I just got to say, your, uh, no question, but the, the quality of your picture on Zoom is impeccable. It's amazing. I don't know what lens you got. I don't know what's going on. No, but, uh, but seriously, that's the best quality image I've ever seen on a Zoom. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'm happy to share details anytime. Excellent. All right, you all. Thank you all for joining. All right, next up, we have uh, Mr. Frank Vaughn. And what about Ms. Vivian Garcia? Please come on up. And then also, um, do we have uh, Mr. Is it Walvoord online? Okay. And what about uh, uh, Mr. Tim Schneider? All right, perfect. Let's go ahead and begin with Mr. Vaughn. Thank you for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin. You'll have two minutes. Oh, let's make sure your mic is turned on at the base of the neck of the mic. There we go. Thank you very much. My name is Frank Vaughn, and I'm a volunteer with the Convention of States. <clears throat> Good afternoon, Senators. I'm here today to voice my support for the Article 5 of the United States Constitution and the Convention of States Resolution currently before this esteemed body. I urge you to support this resolution and take action to restore our constitutional balance of power and protect states' rights in accordance with the principles of the Tenth Amendment. Our founding fathers recognized the dangers of the centralized government 
and provide a remedy through Article 5, which allows states to call a convention of states uh, <clears throat> for the purpose uh, of the amendments that would uh, rein in the federal government. Today's federal government has overstepped its bounds. $31.6 trillion of national debt imposed excessive regulations. Um, it, it harms states and the people. It's time for the states to exercise their constitutional authority, restore the balance of power, and protect states' rights as guaranteed by the 10th Amendment. The Convention of States Resolution before you is a nonpartisan effort that seeks to limit the size and power of the federal government, imposing fiscal restraints on federal spending, proposing term limits on the federal level. Uh, these amendments will address the root cause of our nat national problem and safeguard our states' rights. I urge you to support the Convention of States Resolution and take action to restore the balance of power, promote individual liberty and accountability in government, and protect Colorado's rights. We all love this great country, and that's why we're here today. But we see the federal government faltering before our eyes. Our, our framers gave us the remedy. We just need to take action. I would like to see this resolution passed out of committee so that we can have a substantive conversation on the amendments and the process. And I thank you for your attention on this matter. Thank you for your testimony. Next up, Ms. Garcia, thanks for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin. You have two minutes. Good afternoon, Senators. Thank you for allowing me to testify today. My name is Vivian Garcia, and I'm the State Communications Coordinator for Convention of States Action. Um, I am a volunteer. I first heard of Convention of States last August in 2022. I, it caught my attention because I have wanted term limits in the U.S. Congress since I first regist registered to vote 30 years ago. And I signed the petition, I read up on it, I, I started volunteering, and I support all three of these objectives in the resolution, which are the federal term limits for U.S. Congress, U.S. Supreme Court, and federal judges, fiscal restraint boundaries for the federal government, and limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, which protects the states and individuals. We abide within these three objectives and will navigate through three journeys, which is the resolution, the round table and the ratification. So the resolution is where we're at now. We have 19 states passed, 15 states to go. We focus on the resolution in Colorado and we continue to educate Coloradans on the objectives and how to reach out to our state representatives. We go until the resolution is passed in Colorado or until 34 states have passed the resolution. Either way, Colorado will send delegates and have a vote in the Convention of States. Meanwhile, we continue to educate ourselves and each other through participation in the process. The second journey is the roundtable, which is the Convention of States. Every state, through delegates, will develop and have a vote on any proposed amendments. There will be dialogue, arguments will be made, and ultimately amendments will be drawn up and voted on within the guardrails of our three objectives in the resolution. Whichever amendments are passed through the Convention moves on to our final journey, which is ratification. 38 states must ratify any proposed amendments according to Article 5 in our United States Constitution in order for any of them to become legal constitutional amendments. I am asking the Senate, State Veterans and Military Affairs Committee to vote in support of Convention of States Resolution SJM 23004 and allow the Senate to vote on this resolution. Let there be a record of where the state Senate currently stands on this resolution in Colorado. Thank you for your testimony. Uh, Mr. Walvert, thank you for joining us online. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You'll have two minutes. And we just got to get you off mute. I think you might be on mute, brother. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, my name is Wayne Boulevard. I live in Brighton. I'm a volunteer for the Convention of States for the last five years. Uh, and I want to thank you, uh, Senators, for your vote in a favorable way for 23004. This is a vote for a free America and we the people. We call on you, our state legislators, to enact an Article 5 to the U.S. Constitution in the proper home of the Constitution our state legislative bodies. You know the individual that voted for you and you understand their local needs best. These are known as the founding fathers when they wrote the Constitution in 1787. The term limits that we are proposing as objectives, umbrellas if you will, are term limits for all federal congressional representatives, senators, including the executive appointees and limiting the power of any lobbyists uh, that they may become, and potentially for stopping the tenure of life tenure of the uh, Supreme Court. Secondly, fiscal restraints. I have 14 grandkids. I don't want them to have to pay for the three thirty some odd trillion dollar debt and have that hanging over their head. The third issue that we are proposing is state sovereignty. Think about no farms, no food. No farms, no food. There is an extreme amount of paperwork and extra work that is not productive to the food production by the small rancher and the small farmer. Please vote for us as we the people with the federal overreach that is so prevalent to us. We the voters hold the federal government accountable for overreach. I want to thank you for your consideration to make America free again, make it the Colorado that I grew up in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Thank you for your concern. Thank you for your testimony. Last but not least for this panel, Mr. Schneider, thank you for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You'll have two minutes. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I wanted to thank the Honorable Committee for allowing us to to present our testimonies. Uh, Good afternoon. And... uh, I just was was going to ask you to support the resolution SJM 23-004. A big thank you to the senator representatives who have sponsored and co-sponsored uh, co-sponsored this resolution. Uh, you know the resolution you know addresses imposing physical restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. I strongly believe it's time to put some restrictions on our federal government because I know they will not impose the proposed restrictions in this resolution upon themselves. History has proven this time and time again. I must ask you, if the term limits and a balanced budget are laws within the state of Colorado, why shouldn't we expect the same policies among our federal government? Article 5 was given to us by our founders because our founders knew and said aloud at the Philadelphia Convention in 1787 that the U.S. Congress would never propose amendments curtailing federal powers. And that's and we've, we've seen that. Only the states could be trusted to do that. So the states were given exactly the same powers that our U.S. Congress has to propose specific amendments to the Constitution. Any future convention called under Article 5 can only propose amendments that are indicated by the call to the convention that has been passed by 34 states. The resolution SJM 2304 being the proposed here are the only amendments that can be discussed at the convention of states by the appointed delegates. I believe that the Colorado state legislators have a a moral responsibility to use the powers given to them 
by Article 5 to control abuses against the Constitution, and that is what this resolution proposes. Thank you for the time, your time, and I, I sincerely uh, ask that you would approve this so we can go to the floor on the Senate. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your testimony. Members, any questions for this panel? Seeing none, thank you all for joining us in person and online. We appreciate your testimony. Next up, we have uh, a panel of a few folks. We have a uh, Donaldson Lowry online. All right. Do we have a Daryl Rice online? And do we have a Devon Servoski? Great. That is all we have signed up outside of those three. Anybody in, uh, in, in the audience or online that did not get a chance to sign up that would like to testify, please let us know. Otherwise, we will close witness testimony phase after we hear from these three individuals. Would you like to come up as well? Or please come on up. Yes, please. All right. Let's go ahead and begin with the folks online. Uh, Mr. Lowry, thank you for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You have two minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Members of the committee, thanks for letting me to present today. My name is Donaldson Lowry. I live in Palisade, and um, I'm a constituent of Senate District 7, Janice Rich is my senator, and HD 54, Matt Soper. And I know Rick Taggart at, uh, in Grand Junction with House District 55. So I represent uh, myself, but also uh, I'm a district captain, as they call it, for the Convention of States Action Group. And uh, there's about, well, there's over 2,000 signatures in my area in Mesa County uh, that are supporters. So I'm, I'm here in support of the Senate Joint Memorial. I had to look that up, 23-304. Um, and just a couple of points I want to try and make. They might have been covered, but uh, one of them in the, uh, is if, if you're fearful about the, the nuts and bolts of it, just look at some of the history of Convention of States. What, what happened in the past? It's, it, they were well organized. They were done. States organized themselves well. It's a, and in, in so doing, for me, it's, it's a wonderful way to improve civic education. It's fun. I'm an engineer. One of the nerdy things that I like to uh, think about is how, not nerdy, but awful things is our debt. It's, it's, it's so staggering. And if you stack $100 bills from Grand Junction to the state capitol in Denver, that would represent our amount of, of federal debt. So we have big problems. This is a big pool. It's in the, uh, the founders were wise. There were masters of checks and balances if we don't do anything, we'll have squandered such a wonderful gift. So let's get on board, Colorado. Let's vote for this. Let's get it out there and out of this committee and uh, let the people uh, uh, decide. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your testimony. Next up, we have Mr. Rice. Thanks for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin. You'll have two minutes. Uh, thank you very much, sir, and uh, senators listening today. I was a naval aviator for the last half of the Vietnam War. My fellow soldiers and sailors thought that we were fighting for the American way of life and freedom and against the spread of communism. 250 years earlier, George Washington and his Revolutionary Army were fighting King George III for freedom and against royal control. Our founders understood very well the danger of uh, government control of its citizens. So the Constitution gave the new federal government very few enumerated powers, and all the rest stayed with the states. So, Senators, you are very important, as Article 5 gives 
states the power to propose amendments which can limit the expanding federal government. You also have a much closer knowledge of what the citizens of Colorado want than what Washington, D.C. wants. And uh, I think that many of the constituents you have are unhappy with trillions of dollars being spent and subsequent taxes that we're going to have to pay for it with. An open border with billions coming for free benefits that, again, U.S. citizens pay for, while we have a legal immigration system that brings in over one million uh, legal citizens a year, more than any other country. Having Washington tell schools in Colorado that they need to teach critical race theory and sex education starting in kindergarten. Manipulating our election system in order to stay in power. Or the one that strikes me is preparing our uh, Marxist uh, CRT indoctrination of our military instead of preparing for the threats of China, Russia, and terrorists. The convention state is the only answer in our constitution to return power to the states and we the people. And as enumerated previously, uh, fiscal responsibility, term limits, and states' rights is what we want and what we need. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you for your testimony. Uh, next up, we have Mr. Savrowski. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You have two minutes. Okay. Hi, Mr. Chairman and members. Thank you for letting me address you. Uh, my name is Devin Stavrowski. I'm a veteran, and I'm, a I'm here as, for myself and as a member of the Colorado Veterans Coalition in support of the Convention of States. Back in 1787, the several independent and sovereign states decided they wanted to form a federation to regulate how they dealt with each other and how they collectively dealt with foreign entities. So to make a long story short, they devised a contract that created an artificial government with which they imbued certain regulatory powers that they all agreed to abide by. They gave that contract a name. We call it the Constitution, and that government is a federal government. The government was intended to be limited in its power to certain delegated powers the states agreed to abide by, and the contract was intended to ensure that. But the founders fully understood that contracts are composed of language, which means the terms of the contract are subject to interpretation. And that means because it is in the nature of man to accumulate power, that over time the federal government would exceed having the powers that it was intended to have. And that means we now have a federal government that views itself as the ultimate authority, the states as mere subdivision, and the people as subjects. We and our concerns have truly become an afterthought. The founders saw this coming and gave us a, way, a couple ways to take power back. They gave us the Second Amendment, at least in part of which was intended to allow people to take power back by force if necessary. But nobody wants that, and we really don't need to go there, because they also gave us the power to propose amendments to the Constitution ourselves. We don't have to rely on people who will never propose amendments that will change things in a way that gives power back to the people. We can hold a convention to propose amendments. The method is safe. There's nothing in the Constitution that allows a convention in any way to affect it or usurp it. The only thing it provides for is proposing amendments. Congress is not required to accept anything else from a convention. In fact, if a convention was to try and usurp the Constitution, the Justice Department would likely throw all the participants in jail for insurrection. We elected you to represent us. We granted you the authority and the power to regulate us, mostly because you promised to do what you could to make our lives better. And you can do that. You can keep your promises and make our lives better. Uh, it's It's been said that the courage, courage is the greatest of virtues because it's upon courage that all other virtues rely. 
I'm asking you to have the courage to properly represent us and protect us from federal tyranny. The system is already in place and ready to go. All you have to do is say, yes, let's do it. Thank you very much. Thank, for your you, for your thank you very much for your testimony. We appreciate you, Mr. Savrosky. And then last but not least, thank you for joining us. Please tell us your name, who you represent, and begin your testimony. You have two minutes. My name is Michael L uh, Leo Raish. Um, I don't represent any affiliate. I'm not affiliated with any party here representing myself. Colorado native, uh, second generation, have uh, two generations behind me, all living in Colorado. Uh, gr I, I grew up in Senator Gonzalez's district, but currently live in district, uh, Senate District 19 and House District 24. I'm here in support of this amendment for one reason, uh, and I think the most important reason, is it brings more power closer to home, closer to Colorado. I feel much more comfortable uh, having those kinds of big decisions being made locally. Best example of that I can give is the fact that I'm here today. I had no, uh, yesterday at this time, I had no idea that I would be here. But when I heard of this meeting, I felt compelled to come, and I could get in my car, come down here, look everybody in the eye and know that everybody's going to listen to what I have to say. doesn't mean it's going to happen, but my concerns are going to be heard. I've been to Washington, D.C. several times on business and lobbying trips and been to dozens and dozens of buildings, and I'd much rather have those big decisions made here where people I trust and people who understand um, what our concerns are. So that's my main reason. I think it, it, it goes across party lines. As I said, I'm an unaffiliated voter, and there are people, I think a lot of people in Colorado that feel the same way that I do. That's all I have to say. Thank, thank you, you for, your, for li Thank you for listening. Absolutely. Thank you for your testimony. Members, any questions for this panel? Senator Gonzalez. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I listened with interest to the testimony from Mr. Rice. Thank you. And I am curious, uh, your thoughts on who the president of the country is? Mr. Rice. Uh, uh, of course, it's uh, President Biden. Senator Gonzalez. Thank you. And I am curious, of the six categories that I outlined at the beginning of the hearing, when we were discussing military, health care, Medicare, Social Security, things of that nature. What would you cut from the budget? Mr. Rice. Uh, uh, I think that there are many intelligent people in our country that uh, have looked at this and can say uh, of the past bills that you said uh, were, were passed, uh, um, that there are many that uh, are spending money frivolously and uh, did not have any uh, good things to do for Colorado or for the country themselves. I think the politicians in Washington, D.C. don't are, are they have a uh, open checkbook that uh, they just don't have to pay. And they don't understand that there have been other countries in this planet that have gone bankrupt. And uh, if we keep spending like we do, we are going to be one of those uh, countries. And uh, we have smart people that founded our country. And we have smart people that can already have looked at it and can figure where to cut. And uh, it's not in my purview to do that. But 
I know we have people that can do it and uh, we can find them. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Senator Liston. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And my comment to uh, uh, Mr. Rice, since he's still on, he uh, mentioned that he, yes. uh, that you flew, uh, you were a pilot in the Vietnam War. Um, so I want to thank you for your service. Uh, my uh, my brother-in-law was a pilot in Vietnam, and um, I know the uh, trials and sacrifices that you all made. So I wanted to specifically thank you uh, in my book, you and your fellow colleagues are all heroes of mine. And so thank you very much for your uh, dedicated service. Um, uh, I'm not going to try and pin you down uh, as to what you would cut or whatever because it's a, it's a, a complicated uh, decision, but I just wanted to um, be on the record to thank you for your honorable service to our country. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Rice. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate your testimony. Um, and that is all we have signed up to testify. Seeing no further witness testimony, witness testimony phase is closed. To the amendment phase, we'll wait for our sponsors to come back up to the table. Okay. Sponsors have notified that they don't have any amendments. Members, any amendments? Seeing none, amendment phase is closed. And uh, before we move to final discussion uh, and hearing from our sponsors, do we have a motion? Senator Lister. Uh Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, uh, Mr. Chair and members, um, I move Senate Joint Memorial 23-004 to, uh, to the full Senate uh, with a favorable recommendation and ask for an aye vote and can I make a comment, too? That's a proper motion. I'll allow uh, you to make a comment, then we'll pass it over to our sponsors for wrap-up and further qu- comments from our uh, members. Oh, oh, to our sponsors. Uh, Senator Peltonar. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and, and thank you, committee. Uh, you heard some compelling testimony uh, why we need to have this uh, convention. Uh, some things are wrong with our country right now, and I think this would be a step forward to kind of try to right this ship. Um, you know, we won't all agree on everything, but I think this would be a good step forward, and I appreciate your consideration. Senator, okay. Any other comments from Senator Liston? Thank you, Mr. Chair, members, uh, and uh, uh, Senators Pelton and Pelton. Thank you for. Uh, uh, thank you for being here. Th- thanks for bringing this. Uh, this, uh, I, I was not fully aware, you know, things come up pretty quick. Um, I was not fully aware of, uh, of uh, this uh, joint memorial, uh, but um, uh, I want to commend you for bringing it. I want to particularly thank all the witnesses that are here in the room, as well as those that are still online or were online. Uh, I thank you all. Uh, made uh, some very uh, compelling, uh, excellent points, very good testimony. Uh, I know you're, you're very sincere and dedicated in trying to uh, help our country through, uh, through uh, difficult times. Uh, in, in particular, uh, what, re- what resonates with me um, just today on the floor of the Senate, we, uh, we uh, debated and talked about a, a bill that uh, had to do with medical debt which, you know, affects us all. Um, but uh, the uh, debt that, uh, that 
uh, we have in this country uh, affects us all too, but unfortunately a lot of people don't realize it because uh, they're not directly uh, writing that check for the debt. I mean, they are uh, in a way when they write their check to Uncle Sam, but it's not like they're writing uh, the uh, check and that this is going to pay down the debt. In fact, quite the contrary, uh, our debt has exploded over the last number of years, and um, it, it really is out of control. Um, I uh, know that uh, we could easily look up what the uh, what the debt service is uh, on on thirty point nine trillion, soon to be thirty one trillion dollars. That's a figure that is is it's just incomprehensible by by virtually all of us here. Um, and really, if we don't address our debt situation, we will be like uh, uh, Venezuela and Argentina and numerous other countries that uh, uh, that are debt. Uh, that, that are that are bankrupt, and uh, you know that will that will really uh, uh, severely hurt us. And secondly, is the um, is the uh, concept of uh, term limits. I have long been an advocate for term limits. Uh, we have it here in Colorado, obviously, as we know. And uh, term limits, uh, whether it's uh, you know eight years or twelve years or wh- whatever it may be. We, we clearly need to have term limits for um, uh, members of Congress. We already have it on the executive branch, and it would really, uh, I believe, help. And I think that the point that was made, if I'm not mistaken, is that if this memorial were to go, uh, there should be a convention of states. There would really only be three things that would be addressed, and I believe I've addressed a couple of them. And so I really want to thank the witnesses. You all made excellent points. Uh, this is, uh, I don't view this as a partisan issue either because this is helpful for all of us. And uh, so with uh, deep sincerity, I urge my colleagues for an I vote on Senate uh, Memorial 004. And uh, thank everybody for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast. To learn more about our grassroots movement, go to www.conventionofstates.com. 